Welcome in to Opportunity Detroit. Hi, this is Paul W. Smith. We'll welcome in Dennis Archer Jr., Esquire, CEO of Ignition Media Group. Latricia Wilder stopping by, catching up with the owner of Vibe Ride. Anthony, or we like to say Tony Sacco, the operating partner of Moots Pizzeria and Bar. And finally, washing it all down with Garrett Pasiak, brand ambassador of Detroit City Distillery. Our first guest today on Opportunity Detroit is quite a guy. There were advantages to growing up with a dad as mayor and a mom as a judge. There were probably disadvantages, too. I would imagine Dennis Archer, Jr., Esquire, CEO, Ignition Media Group, I would imagine you really had to mind your P's and Q's, didn't you, Dennis? Yeah, Paul, absolutely. And you know my parents well. Um, and... Uh, yes, there are a lot of additional eyes on you uh, as you grow up in that environment. But to your point, the advantages far, far exceeded any disadvantages. The people that I met, the rooms I was able to be in, the relationships I was able to form during those years uh, have in large part formed a lot of the relationships that have allowed me to be successful in business today. So it was, it's a, it was a great period. And successful you are. President, founding partner of Archer Corporate Services, ACS, uh, the hospitality holding company, Congress Hospitality, your creator and managing partner of Central Kitchen and Bar, named by the Detroit Free Press as one of Detroit's top restaurants of the year. And you did that within a year of opening. That does not come easily. Uh, you've used your, your position and your education with your Bachelor of Arts in Political Science from the University of Michigan and a Juris Doctor from the University of Michigan as well, your law degree. Uh, you've done very, very well. You've worked very, very hard. Some people would say you didn't have to work so hard, but obviously you felt you did. Yeah, Paul, I mean, it, it's really not an option. I mean, I grew up in a family of uh, tremendous work ethic, um, both my father and my mother. I mean, for those of you, I know you know it, Paul, but for those of you who are not familiar with uh, my father's story, um, he started working at nine uh, or 10 years old at Park Shores Golf Club in Kassopolis, Michigan. He was born in Detroit, but spent a lot of his formative years in Kassopolis. So he's always worked to earn a living for himself and for his family. And my my mother came up from a more of a middle-class background, but both of her parents uh, were college-educated and um, uh, instilled in her and her sister, my aunt Beth, who you know, uh, a tremendous amount of work ethic. So, you know, people would look at the family and say, wow, you know, a bunch of accomplished uh, folk, but there was a tremendous amount of hard work and sacrifice that went into that. And so growing up, knowing that history and then witnessing it as relates to, you know, my parents getting up and go to work every day and still finding time to participate in the community and give back. And then ultimately both of them getting into public service um, kind of formed my mindset as relates to the necessity to work hard um, and try to, to be successful in whatever vocation you choose, but also the balance that would give back to the community. So I've tried to remain true to that mission uh, over the past, you know, time that I've been working professionally. Dennis Archer Jr., I should say Dennis W. Archer, because those of us with a W in our middle name, that's a very important letter. 
Very, very important, Paul. <laughs> Dennis W. Archer, Jr., Esquire, a CEO of Ignition Media Group. And in conjunction with Ignition, you have leveraged your background in marketing and advertising, and you've created quite a portfolio of companies, each of which thrives in a specific area. In 2004, Dennis founded ACS with CEO Mike Carr. Under their leadership, ACS has grown into one of the nation's leading marketing fulfillment service firms, serving clients such as General Motors, Procter & Gamble, Johnson & Johnson, Kellogg's, the list goes on and on and on. And for these companies, ACS provides trade and consumer fulfillment, printing, print management, promotional merchandising, plastic card, call center services. What's the tie-in with the Wayne County Airport Authority? Um, that is, so I was appointed, Paul, just at the tail end of... Uh, last year in December by Governor Whitmer to serve uh, on the board at the airport. And, you know, the airport serves, you know, tens of millions of passengers a year. Uh, It has a several hundred million dollar budget, thousands of acres between uh, what I would call the main campus of Metro Airport and then the Willow Run facility. And, I, you know, I'm honored to serve. I mean, I've, you know, obviously gone in and out of the old ter- terminal, as you had prior to the new one being built, the new terminal won ton of design awards. They win customer service awards. Um, the new CEO, Chad, uh, is doing an outstanding job. And uh, a good friend of mine, Dr. Curtis Ivory, was the outgoing chairman of that board. Uh, and then Marvin Beatty, who is, of course, with Greektown Casino, is the new chairman. So it's a it's a it's a board of smart people um, who are doing very important work, and you know we we represent a facility that is very key to the economic development and the the fiscal health of uh, metropolitan Detroit and indeed southeastern Michigan. Very so key. It's a great very honor. Key. I'm new yeah. to the board. I've had uh, one meeting so far, uh, but I look forward to to service. Well, good for you. They they got a smart one uh, in you to be on that board, and the you the airport is so very important to us. And the good news is, it's better than ever. It's you, you're right. We all remember what it used to be like, but now it's just it's really spectacular, and it's important for a thriving city to have a fabulous airport, and we do. Meanwhile, uh, here you have this fabulous restaurant, Central Kitchen and Bar, which means you've just been able to open back up after 75 days of not being able to welcome people to come in and sit down and enjoy themselves. How'd you manage that? How, how, I know it was tough for you, obviously it was tough for everyone in the business. Well, let me, let me uh, give an immediate answer. Then a little bit of history. Um, the immediate answer is we, we have been open with, uh, we have an outdoor patio that's heated that, was a permanent structure, not one that we erected because of this COVID Hmm. situation in which we find ourselves. But when we opened in 2015, we knew that, um, you know, in Detroit with uh, great weather being limited, uh, but people uh, enjoying kind of being outside. So we erected a patio um, that was immediately adjacent, obviously, to the building. And we're on the first floor of the first national building. Uh, but all three of the other walls, the exterior walls, if you will, roll up. And then uh, we have two very large garage door style windows that open from the interior of the restaurant into the patio. 
Hmm. And so during uh, this time period where the governor um, mandated that there only be uh, outdoor um, dining, we were able to work within that uh, construct. Having said that, Paul W., we, we used to have around 40, 42 employees on the payroll. We have a, about a 2,300-square-foot space there. And uh, we could have reopened after the initial shutdown that came in March. And June 8th was the day that restaurants could reopen. We opted not to because we're smack dab in the middle of downtown Detroit. Um, and what drew us to the Bedrock Project outside of just a great relationship with Dan at the time was the fact that it was in the first national building. They had 4,000 plus employees coming to work every day, 800 visitors. So, you know, close to 5,000 people in and out of the building every day. Hmm. That obviously was not happening in the summer. It's still not happening now. So we wanted to wait and see what traffic would look like. So we didn't open until around September 1st. And when we did, we did not open for weekday lunch. And we only opened for four days a week when we used to be open seven. And when we opened for those four days, Paul W., uh, we went from the 40 or so employees to 18. Mm. Then when you fast forward to, okay, you can only have outdoor dining. Uh, we were presently operating with eight people. And so, yes, restaurants in Michigan can operate with 25%. I'm really, really happy, Paul, for those restaurants that did not have the infrastructure or wherewithal to provide the outdoor patio seating who have just sat dormant for this period. I'm most happy for them uh, because they can start to bring some of their workforce back and uh, reinvigorate their brand. Those chose not to do carry out or delivery. Um, there are a number of restaurants in the downtown area who didn't have patios and who opted to just cease operation altogether during this uh, patio only um, time frame. So I I'm happy for the industry. I mean, the governor took a lot of heat from the industry. Um, um, some friends of ours that you and I both know were very unhappy with her and the, the declaration she made. And so I'm hoping that by allowing people to open back up, that people can go back to work, the entrepreneurs and owners can start to make a little bit of money and there can, we can move toward the sense of, uh, civility within the state. Sure. Boy, that's from your lips to God's ears. Uh, while I let you go, Dennis, very quickly, any new projects on the horizon you can talk about? Uh, well, you know, if you drive up and down uh, East Jefferson, which, Paul W., I know uh, you and your lovely wife probably do often, you'll see that near Rivard, there's a new building being erected, and that is a 43,000-square-foot grocery store that my partners and I are developing. It'll be a Meyer-operated store called Rivertown Market. Um, that'll open in the third quarter of next year, so we're excited about that. And then a group of African-American investors, we uh, acquired some properties in uh, what we used to call Paul W. when we went to uh, Intermezzo frequently, Harmony Park. It's now called Paradise Valley, paying homage to the history of African-Americans uh, when they first migrated to Detroit, and that was an area of commerce. And so several of us bought multiple properties in that area that are going to be redeveloped into office and hospitality and retail. So construction should start there in the next 60 days. So it'll be a busy uh, spring and summer for us. A, a great Black History Month announcement. We do appreciate that. Continued success to you, Dennis. Uh, you can find Dennis at DennisArcherJr.com. And, of course, you'll find him as well 
at his fabulous Central Kitchen and Bar and around the great city of Detroit. Please say hi to Mom and Dad for me, and uh, best do. wishes to you. Any way we can help along the way, you let us know. Thanks, Paul W. Appreciate you always. Dennis Archer, Jr., Esquire, CEO, Ignition Media Group, as we are underway on Opportunity Detroit. Latricia Wilder is an entrepreneur, investor, marketing and advertising expert, and public speaker with a passion for spreading positive vibes everywhere, everywhere around the world. Through her company, Love Yourself, LLC, her mission is to empower individuals to live their best lives by creating opportunities for them to have access to the tools, the education, the resources needed to assist in achieving that goal. Her first major endeavor, Vibe Ride Detroit, has combined the upscale equipment, technology, benefits, and presentation of high-end boutique fitness facilities with a price point that enables everyday working-class individuals to have access. What a pleasure it is to welcome Latricia Wilder, owner of Vibe Ride, to Opportunity Detroit. Hi, Latricia. Hello. Thank you for having me. Well, it is our pleasure. We had you on the show, I I think it was maybe a year ago. So how have you been? Great, all things considered. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> These days, everything is all things considered. So what's new with Vibride? Well, we just reopening. Um, actually, we just opened on February 1st was our first day. Um, from being closed for most of the pandemic. We did some outdoor classes in the summertime, but since March, we pretty much have been closed in studio. So very excited about that. Um, and just trying to still pr spread positive vibes and get people healthy even more now than before with everything that's going on. Well, you know what I remember uh, uh, from our first conversation and now the Vibe Tribe community getting back together and all of that is how you really, the attention to detail and cleanliness has always been important to you, but obviously now more than ever, but you start from a position of saying, Hey, that's the way we've always been. Absolutely. Um, we, I mean, everyone that has come in and said we've been one of the cleanest, if not the cleanest studios they've ever been to. And that's pre COVID just because that was part of our mission to have a spa-like environment where everything smells good. It's The walls are white. The floors are clean. You don't smell sweat. We're not a gym. We're a boutique studio, so we can definitely have more control over that. But now with everything going on with COVID, we've just upped our game up. We have electrostat um, electromagnetic guns for cleaning now that make sure that we get every crevice on the bike and in the body studio. We use um, non-chemical, non-toxic um, cleaning materials, which are all hospital-grade, which we had before. But that way we're enabled to actually um, sanitize the air that you're breathing. In we have studio. a special, if I recall, a special air circulation system. In the cycle studio, absolutely. We do not, if you ever come in our studio, you'll never see fans. Our system um, filtrates fresh air. So we suck in fresh air from outside, and then we push out the bad air. So therefore, we're not just filtrating air. We're actually bringing in fresh air to the studio. So you're never recycling air. 
I love it. It's it's something unusual. It's something really. I don't know that it's been done before. You do really have a boutique uh, as opposed to a gym with your vibe ride and your vibe ride vibe tribe uh, community. And uh, what Absolutely. you basically you basically have always said to to reach your goals, to live your best life from the inside out. You're asking for less than an hour of people's time. Absolutely. I mean, what we're seeing, too, with COVID is it's not just working out the physical body. It's mental as well. When you break a sweat and you can leave it all on a bike, the stress of the day, you literally sweat that away as well. It has helped so many of our clients even just to come back in studio and feel some type of connection with other people. It, it's monumental, especially right now where we're so isolated. Well, the importance can't be... Uh... Uh, overplayed, I guess, if that's a word, it can't be overplayed, uh, the importance of fitness now that so many of us are working from home. Absolutely. Which we're even doing live stream for all of our cycle classes. So if you have a bike at home, $5 drop in, you can check out and feel a part of the vibe tribe, even if you're in your living room, because we want to stay connected with the community as much as possible. And like I said, our drop ins are only $5 because we also want to make sure that it's affordable during this time. And that's a lot cheaper than a lot of other uh, systems that are out there. There are a lot of people trying to get our money. And trying to help us, <laughs> that are trying to help us, but you're trying to help, and you're, you're five bucks, for goodness sakes, uh, that's a deal and a half. What's it been like uh, doing a startup in Detroit, forgetting about, I know it's not possible, but forgetting about COVID-19? Um, I mean, it is has been invigorating, it's exciting, but it's also very stressful. Um Starting up in the city, bringing something that's not traditional, you know, in in Detroit, we're very accustomed to big box gyms. So even the idea of a boutique studio, people are like, what are you talking about? Or even just the spin studio. So it's been a lot of educating and a learning curve on both my end and for the community. But it's been great because I am a product of this community and I, I have seen what other major cities have and... Everyone in Detroit deserves the same level and the same quality of, of, of equipment, of facilities, of cleanliness that other major cities like a New York or L.A., Chicago has. But so many times we're overlooked in the city. They'll go to the suburbs, but not the city of Detroit, which is so frustrating. So, you know, most people understand. They, they feel my genuine intent to just help improve the people around me. And we've had a great run so far. Well, indeed you have, and this is just the beginning and just the beginning of uh, 2021, and I I understand there's some kind of uh, other exciting news that you sh- maybe can make us aware of for this new year. Um, in regards to just the, the studio, uh, other exciting news is we're hoping that we're going to have um, do the outdoor again this summer, and we're working on having a, a, a location for that, so we'll have a Vibe Ride Part 2 so we can have in-studio and outdoor classes for people that feel more comfortable. And then outside of that, we have deals that's coming up. We are doing a lot more in regards to, like I said, inside and out. So we have supplements that we have now that we, we're doing a lot more with nutrition, education. Like we're just excited about expanding, not just with getting you fit in 45 minutes, but making it a lifestyle. We want to create lifestyles versus just a one-off, I want to fit in these jeans. 
<laughs> one-off. I want to fit yeah. in these jeans. I love Literally, because so many people are motivated by the summer. They want to have a summer body, and then they go back to having unhealthy, um, detrimental behaviors. And we can't do that anymore. You have to make sure that you're clean and not only look good, but you feel good and your body is healthy. And so we're preaching more of that, especially with this pandemic, because we're part of the solution. We're part of the vaccine. Getting your body healthy is part of what's going to help you beat this pan, beat us as a collective beat this pandemic. That's a good point. So whether you whether you party while pedaling uh, in that state-of-the-art 40 Kaiser bike indoor cycling studio or burn, stretch, and sculpt to the beat in your body studio, you really have mm-hmm. everything people need to reach their goals, live your best life uh, from the inside out, as you like to say, for under an hour, 45 minutes are all they're asking for. And let's face it, after being quarantined and probably eating and possibly drinking too much, it's time to get it. It's time to get back and to go to uh, online thevibride.com slash Detroit. Thevibride.com slash Detroit and get moving uh, as only Latricia Wilder can get you moving as the owner of Vibe Ride. Thank you, Latricia. Thank you so much. It is our pleasure. We'll look forward to our conversation again in the days ahead. Hope it's not another year. Absolutely. And thank you for just giving us these opportunities to come out and speak. Like, that's huge for small businesses. So thank you. That is why we are here. And thank you for saying that, Latricia. We appreciate it. Have a great one. You too. Latricia Wilder, owner of Vibe Ride. You go online, thevibride.com slash Detroit. And she hit it on the head. Latricia's exactly right. That's why we're here. That's why... I thank Dan Gilbert and his entire team for giving us opportunity to try and the opportunity to get to meet and introduce you to new businesses and entrepreneurs right here in the city of Detroit as we continue on WJR. It's no secret around here that I love pizza. You you might be in the same boat, uh, but I have to tell you, I, I, I'm almost like a pizza expert, but nothing like our next guest on Opportunity Detroit. From the age of 10, he started making pizzas in his aunt's basement. His first job was in a Detroit pizzeria in 1968. He has since worked in every type of pizzeria, coal oven, carryout, delivery, Detroit, and New York-style restaurants. Born and raised in Detroit, he loves spending time with his kids and now grandchildren as well with over 50 years of pizzeria ownership experience under his belt. It's such a pleasure to speak with Anthony Sacco, operating partner of Moots Pizzeria and Bar. Tony, how are you? I'm great, thanks. Nice to hear from you, Paul. Well, it's nice to talk to you. You know I love, and I don't think that's putting it too strongly, I love your Moots Pizza. I do indeed. And now, in January of 2019, uh, you opened Moots Pizzeria and Bar uh, yourself, uh, Nick Sacco, Lisa and Dean Walters, Jason Pace, 
And you've been uh, you've been into pizza all your life, and you have come up with, I think, at least for my taste, the perfect pizza. Well, thank you, and I, I appreciate that. You know, you know it's, it's, all the pieces came together on this project. I've been doing it all my life. I, I've had a passion for downtown Detroit. Never thought I'd see it come together the way it has, so I'm really happy to be a part of it. And this project, all the pieces fell fell together great. With uh, from the design aspect, I brought in a Detroit, I'm sorry, a New York pizza uh, guru that helped me create my menu and my recipes. Um, the location, everything about it just felt felt together great. Well, there you were at 1230 Library Street, downtown Detroit. Truly, uh, truly great pizza made in Detroit. What was your reaction to the big deal as of late that's been made of what's being called Detroit-style pizza that's being put out by big chains around the country? You know, it's, it's been around a while. Of course, me being in a pizza business, I've been very aware of it. It is a good product. Uh, I do have pizzerias that, that do sell that product. Um, it's just a worthy product to, uh, to promote for sure. Although that's not what we do here at Moots. We do a completely different process with our dough, so I wouldn't want to intermingle it with a Detroit-style pizza. We, we, we really think, and I lived in New York for five years, and they're big on pizza. In fact, it was rather astounding back in the day when I was living in New York in the 80s, really. There wasn't a, a, a chain. There was not a pizza chain like the ones we know and some that were born proudly right here in Detroit, whether it be a uh, uh, Domino's or Little Caesars or Jets or Hungry Howie's or all that. They had individual pizza shops like John's of Bleecker Street and any number of others that are like Moots Pizzeria and Bar. And you do, there at 1230 Library Street, downtown Detroit, you do serve a spectacular, what's been become known as New York-style pizza. Yes, thank you. And it's not New York style, Paul. It's a New York pizza. Not to be confused with a style. All right. <laughs> you got me on that one. So forget about this New York style stuff. This is a New York pizza. <laughs> it's the authentic thing, for sure. Well, good for you. And, of course, you've got yeah. the starters that people want, the salads, the pastas, the hoagies, the desserts, full-service bar. And and Moots Pizzeria and Bar has always had a relaxed atmosphere. Just under 100 seats, if I recall. But, man, oh, man, to get smacked in the face with, with a relatively new company uh, starting in 2019, the Moots Pizzeria and Bar, smacked in the face with COVID, and you're still standing, but you got to feel a little wobbly. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny because being downtown Detroit, you know, you rely on all the sports, the theaters, the uh, concerts the office workers, and pretty much all that disappeared. So you would think it'd be really doom and gloom. But um, fortunately, our carryout's been been doing very well. And I don't know if it's people coming in from the suburbs or uh, the local business we're getting, but uh, I've been very pleased that we're able to float um, as we have. Well, God bless you for that. Uh, Look, as a small business, uh, there are a million challenges just having a small business. But you throw in this pandemic, and it's it's deadly. And it's it's frankly, we've had I don't know what the latest figure over three thousand restaurants that just couldn't survive, just couldn't make it. And now you're open again and open to seating inside. 
but you're held to 25%. And it's very hard, I would think, for uh, without a lot of your carryout business, very hard to to survive on 25% uh, occupancy. Yeah, well, that that is true, you know, because of our carryout um, business. And we, we did... Uh, our landlord is uh, Dan Gilbert's Bedrock, and they've been very accommodating. They, they actually put a couple of pergolas that are heated out in front of our restaurant, so we were able to do some outdoor seating, and that helped us quite a bit as well. Fabulous. So with, between that, the carryout, and even the 25%, since we're already in operation, that's just going to add a little bit more. And um, Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah we're, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. We're going to yeah. come out on the other side, I think, really strong. Well, good for you. Uh, tell me about your... Uh... The Barstool Review for Amut's Pizzeria and Bar. Yeah, you know, um, Dave Portnoy was here uh, last year, and we knew he was here, so we were reaching out to him. And, uh, you know, he he, uh, and he actually got back to us, and uh, he said he, he, uh, he had planned on coming to Moots. We were on his list, but he just didn't have time on that particular trip, but he would be stopping in to see us, and sure enough, he did. Oh, that's great. Boy, he's done a great job. He he's raised, uh, if I got this right, like over thirty three million dollars to help. Yeah, that's amazing. Restaurants yeah, like I, yours. That's awesome. It's awesome uh, that he's been able to do that. And he's really putting some pressure on a lot of people to uh, come up with some money. I, I think it's amazing <laughs> what he's doing. Yes, it is. Put some pressure on these people. It, well, it's worked, and it is amazing. Yeah. And it's great to see, and you've probably seen a lot of this, Tony Sacco with us, the operating partner of Moots Pizzeria, the culmination of from the time he was a little boy, 10 years old, making pizzas, to have finally his own pizza place, Moots Pizzeria and Bar, that opened in January of 2019 uh, with not New York style. Forget about it. Forget about it. It's not New York style. It's true New York pizza proudly made in Detroit. I think is a wonderful way to put it, at 1230 Library Street in downtown Detroit. Uh, you can stop by. You can enjoy it there. Or, uh, most importantly, you can drive in from anywhere, get it to go, and bring it home, and it's still going to be spectacular. Anything else we need to know? No, Paul, you, you said it all, and I, I very much appreciate it. I just hope you stop in and have a pizza and a beer with me one day here soon. I will absolutely do that, Tony. I promise. I'll look forward to it. Uh, we have uh, Tony Sacco, the operating partner, Moots Pizzeria and Bar. It is revered anywhere people know anything about pizza. You can go to MootsPizzeria.com, M-O-O-T-Z, Pizzeria.com, for the best pizza. Thanks, Tony. Continued good luck to you. Thank you so much, Paul. As we continue on Opportunity Detroit. Finally, on Opportunity Detroit, a very special conversation with Garrett Pasiak. He's brand ambassador of Detroit City Distillery. Now, the reason I say uh, special, it's because I just met Michael Forsyth on my morning show, Monday through Friday, 5.30 till 9, and he came on the air to talk about their Punchki Vodka that they came up with last year for Detroit City Distillery. 
And it was on the day that after 9 o'clock, people were going to be able to go online and buy it and go and pick it up at the curbside service at their tasting location. And he said, this year, Paul, we've made five times more. We've distilled five times more of the Punsky vodka because we sold out so quickly last year. Well, guess what? I got a note from Michael saying, thank you so much. They went on sale at 9 o'clock with five times more vodka this year than last and sold out in 22 minutes. There's a lot of reasons for that. One is it's excellent quality. That happens to be excellent quality, good old Polish potato vodka, which is important. It's not flavored vodka. It's distilled with punchki in it. And Garrett, you have been a part of this, born and raised in Detroit, in the local service industry for over a decade. You graduated Wayne State University, worked in human resources, corporate event management, and that passion for food, drink, and hospitality led you to where you are today, serving spirits from Detroit City Distillery, Garrett Passiak. Congratulations, Garrett. Thank you so much, Paul. It's a lot going on there at your distillery, Detroit City Distillery. A lot going on, and so far, so good. Absolutely, 100%. We, all, we always call it Punchki Madness. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, when, when it sold out in 22 minutes, uh, we, we had lots betting against. We, we, someone predicted noon. Uh, most of us predicted in about three days. But to see that 22 minutes just shocked us. So we've been working around the clock. All the production folks over there um, just really, really uh, got to be proud. Uh, really love the fact, very proud that it sold out in 22 minutes. So... Oh, I can only imagine. And by the way, uh, having tasted it on the air the other morning, it's really good. It's it's tasty. It's it's delicious. You can tell it's a good quality Polish potato vodka at its base. And, you know, you think about this, if you will, Garrett, in the Roaring Twenties, Detroit fueled prohibition and an entrepreneurial spirit that didn't follow the rules. And now we're looking at, you know, what, a century later, and eight childhood friends started a small distillery to make alcohol the old-fashioned way. How did that come about? How did eight it's childhood really, friends figure that out? It's a really interesting story, uh, a lot of fun to it. Uh, suburb right outside of Lansing, Bath, Michigan, it's farm country. And uh, you, you had Michael and our head distiller, uh, John Paul, we call him JP. Uh, just high school, uh, known each other since the age of three. Uh, Long story short, what they were doing, they were in high school, and they said, you know something? You know, you start experimenting with fun stuff in high school. They said, why don't we go ahead when our, uh, in just like the entrepreneurial spirit, let's not follow the rules. Let's start making our own, um, you know, alcohol, just like they used to do way down in Bourbon County, Kentucky. And uh, they went ahead, downloaded a uh, little PDF uh, when their parents were asleep back in the 90s. <laughs> and uh, they, they went to the hills, and they started making their own uh, moonshine. I think they called it prune juice, made of grapes, <laughs> yeast, and water. So, but uh, hey, when you're when you're in high school, you do that. What I call the uh, the three uh, the three rules: you uh, plug, chug, and chase, and it got the job done. <laughs> um, then uh, what, what ended up happening? You know, they all grew up technically, and they went ahead and decided, you know, something we want to make a high quality spirit. Um, John Paul, JP, ended up getting his uh, Ph.D. in microbiology from Michigan State. 
went ahead and uh, worked for a uh, brewing company, and they said, you know something, I want to make award-winning spirits. I want it Michigan only, um, and I want to do it in the city of Detroit. Uh, reason being, uh, John Paul's grandfather used to be a bootlegger and a butcher in the Eastern Market. Um, so again, right around like six, seven years ago, they said, you know something, let's go ahead, let's put a 50-gallon copper pot still um, in an old meat house, and let's open up a distillery. High-quality grains, all from Michigan. All the barrels are from a cooperage, uh, Crow's Nest Cooperage, right outside of Grand Rapids. And they just went to town. And the spirits were such a hit. Uh, won a lot of awards. You have the uh, gold medal for the Butcher's Cut Bourbon um, at the American Distillation Institute in Bourbon County, Kentucky. And good news, in 2020, our homegrown rye went ahead and won double gold in San Francisco Spirits Competition. Uh, so we're really, really proud of that. Uh, just having the roots in Detroit, having Michigan in uh, in a bottle. So it's fabulous, and and generally you're using the finest local ingredients sourced directly from the the farms near your distillery and the tasting room located in uh, in our famed Eastern Market. It's it's really heartwarming to see. I just want to make sure you're talking about wanting to do it in Michigan specifically, but. You want it to be available around the country eventually? Eventually, that would be ideal. Uh, but, of course, we're rooted in Detroit and, uh, you know, getting that production up. Got Michigan. We are in uh, Illinois, uh, primarily in Chicago. But the goal is eventually just to get recognized because of that award-winning uh, flavor and taste of Michigan. We want to let everyone know that Michigan Detroit City Distillery um, can just pretty much compete with all the big guys all across the country so well that's that's exciting um and and i'm excited for you we wish you well we're gonna we're gonna follow you along the way give you some some time from time to time to talk about that award-winning bourbon and the gin and the other vodkas and rye and whiskeys all artisanal uh small batches if you will as it turns out for punchki day too small a batch again yeah I don't know if there's such thing as too small a batch of Punchki vodka, but there, there isn't. I can only imagine yeah, yeah. how many you're going to have to distill for next year. It, it, was it the New Palace Bakery? Were you using their Punchki? Is that if I remember? Yep, absolutely. Steve Orczykowski's uh, uh, our Polish distiller, as we call it. Um, yeah, it was an experiment, and uh, yeah, New Palace Bakery. So again, we wanted to go ahead. Of course, the vodkas from Poland. We wanted to go ahead and get that Detroit tie to Hamtramck which is obviously a staple for the Polish community. Um, but, yeah, New Palace Bakery, probably, honestly, the best punchkeys you can get around. So, Well, you sent me uh, some punchkeys and, uh, and some vodka, and I was a very happy boy, and you've done a great job. People can find you at DetroitCityDistillery.com, DetroitCityDistillery.com. Give my best to Michael Forsyth and the rest of the gang, Garrett. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Garrett Pasiak, the brand ambassador for Detroit City Distillery. That's it for today. Thanks to all of our guests. Wake up with me Monday through Friday from 530 till 9 right here on WJR. Regards, Paul W. Smith.